up with you and this clown all of a sudden? You're like obsessed. Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? Greetings and welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is Brad Paulson. A little bit ago, I was looking for a horror movie to support in the theaters. I had three options. Ticket to Paradise, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. There was Halloween Ends, the finale, for now, of the most updated Michael Myers trilogy. And then there was Terrifier 2. All three sounded equally horrifying to me, especially since Halloween Ends turned out to be a romantic comedy. So I think Halloween Ends... Well, Halloween Ends is a romantic comedy with a special appearance by Michael Myers. So it's like, well, I got Peacock. I can watch that romantic comedy on Peacock. And I had heard all these stories about Terrifier 2, that it was the most disgusting movie ever shown in theaters yet. Uh, the people were vomiting, passing out, had to go to the emergency room. So I reviewed my options again, and I thought, out of those three, Terrifier 2 would have the least terrifying effect on me. So I decided to go see what all... The- what all the word was about. And you know, especially since Terrifier 2 is cleaning house at the theater. Well, for an indie movie, it is. Terrifier 2 is becoming known as the indie movie, like the little indie movie that could. So it was made on a budget of about $250,000. And it's made past $8 million now uh, from what I've been reading on it most recently. And Terrifier 2 is similar to the plot of Terrifier 1. It's about a creepy-ass clown with, like, this little top hat and pale white face and black makeup. Well, basically, like, a combination of, like, white and black makeup and outfit. He carries around this creepy, like, garbage bag with him. Uh, it has rusty, uh, disgusting implements of torture and death in it. This movie sort of blew me away because, well, the fact that it got in the theaters, number one, because... And it feels like it's a throwback 80s movie. Well, first of all, it's a it's about a creepy-ass clown that terrorizes people. So this creepy-ass clown terrorizes one girl and the rest of her family, uh, but basically focuses on her. Not too different from the first Terrifier, where he focuses on one girl and just pretty much stalks her and creeps her out and then kills all these people in the process of of trying to take her out. The different thing about this one and the first Terrifier was definitely unsettling. There was all kinds of disgusting uh, <laughs> horror scenes in that. It sort of like resembles underground movies. Uh, underground movies that have extreme gore in them that you'd have to special order <laughs> and might get in trouble for. It has that sort of vibe to it. But, you know, if you're doing effects so well that it's grossing people out to the point of making them vomit... Uh, you know what? That's a special talent. It may not be a special talent that's appreciated by the vast majority of people, but it is. There's a craft in it, for sure. Um, having said that, seeing this movie, and I've seen a lot of crazy-ass horror movies, seeing this movie, I can see why it's having the effect that it has on people. Uh, I expect that for showing this movie in the theaters, theater companies are going to get some very strongly worded letters from uh in protest uh from parental groups i couldn't imagine seeing a movie like this in the theater when i was a kid i mean movies that, like to see a movie in the theater 
like this when I was a kid. So I grew up in the 80s. 80s movies are the ones that I was most familiar with seeing at the theaters as a kid. This feels definitely like a throwback to 80s movies, but they would never show anything like this in the theater at all. If they did, there would be protests all over the place. There would be parental groups protesting. There would be protesters from other special interest groups protesting. It would be news coverage protesting, probably like special Congress hearings protesting at this level of gore that's in this movie. This is gore on the level of like... French New New Wave, so like Martyrs and Inside, those kind of movies, if you've seen those movies, or Frontiers, that kind of stuff. Or like Italian horror, like when I was in college and I used to watch the Italian horror that friends I met in college told me, this will change your life, and they introduced me to Fulci. And the disgusting, like, eye violence and everything else that you see in those Italian horror movies, like dogs eating people, spiders eating people, glass shards ripping through people's flesh. Now, the clown in Terrifier... Not only does he kill people, he beats their face to a bloody pulp. I mean, not to get too graphic, but this is what you will see. Please do not take your kids to this movie. Uh, <laughs> if I was a kid and I saw this movie, I would. this movie is definitely for adults. If I saw this movie as a kid, I would be traumatized to the point of having nightmares for weeks on end, if not even longer than that. I saw movies that were more tame than this, like trailers to movies that were more tame than this that that uh, gave me nightmares as a kid, which is probably why I started watching horror movies in the first place was to sort of like face my fear against horror and the unknown. And now it's kind of, when I was talking to a guest we had on a couple of weeks ago, John Carius, he's like, you start watching horror to confront your fears. And then he's like, after a while, it doesn't start to bother you or you start to, you start to seek it out. And then after that, you become it. Uh, so that's like that's like the the journey of becoming a horror fan probably for, for not all of us but for for me it was um you know st- some people like their parents will introduce them to them me I was forbidden from watching horror movies it wasn't i did, wouldn't even wasn't even allowed to watch horror movies when I was a kid so it was was probably why I was more afraid of them and somebody introduced me to a Stephen King book when I was in high school and sort of piqued my interest and have kind of been a fan of horror movies from then on out. And I've always also appreciated horror movies because they're looked down upon and they're looked down upon at the same time that they're often stolen from. Many of the ideas are stolen from and many of the most famous filmmakers, including the most well-known filmmaker, Steven Spielberg, arguably started out making Jaws, you know, Jaws and the Duel. Those are his very two earliest movies, thriller horror movies. Jaws, of course, that invented the blockbuster. So, Horror has often been drawn in like a big like audience interest to it, but also sort of like shamed by the higher classes, uh, which is kind of another reason why it has a charm to me. But anyways, the the way that this that Terrifier two sets apart from Terrifier one is that there is a surreal quality. So yes, the gore is more graphic. Yes, the clown is beating people's faces to hamburger and cutting off their arms and skinning them and exposing their brains i mean what your imagination could imagine for gore a lot of it is in this movie and it is like actually gratuitous um but it's done for i think a uh this is just i'm kind of guessing here damien damien leone i think he's really into special effects and this is a way for him to just kind of play with special effects like they're toys and and just have this this world where you can create, a, you know, all of these elaborate, 
stunts like with these special effects and but it just happens to be around gore as opposed to other kinds of special effects but the reason i think they're able to get away with it in this and able to show it at the theater is because it has a surreal quality now the first movie did not have that surreal quality to it that i remembered it had a lot of like the graphic gore and stuff just relentless and you're just kind of you know man when are they going to lay off but they don't uh just several spots like that i can tell that uh damien was probably very influenced by I could be wrong, but it had very strong Nightmare on Elm Street 3 vibes to it. So at the beginning of, of Terrifier 2, this girl's making this cosplay outfit of this sort of like battle angel warrior that her father had all these drawings about. Now, her father had all these drawings about the clown and everything. And there's a fire that occurs or the weapon that the father made for her or gave to her did not burn in the fire. So there was a surreal sort of dream. This the music's coming out. It's very kind of like tangerine dream-like, very synth-like, like you hear at the beginning of, of Nightmare on Elm Street when Patricia Arquette is there, like around, I think it's the dollhouse, the beginning of that one. There's a lot of parallels to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 in this, especially that surreal quality. So you feel like it's sort of like more of, as opposed to like a straight-up gore fest, that's just trying to gross you out. It definitely does have that quality to it. But it also came across to me more like sort of a nightmarish fever dream. So like nightmare fuel, basically. Just something that you you would have the most crazy fucked up dream you could think of. And about like a clown or somebody coming after you, this demonic, creepy ass clown. And that ends up, that was the effect that the movie had on me. It was like a fever dream, nightmare fuel like the weapon that the girl gets, like when she's going out dressed like the battle angel. And there is sort of like effects they add to it. Sort of like on the 80s when they used to do those computer effects when when they would have something supernatural happen. There's there's uh, similarities to like that. Some of that happens in this as well, too. Um, so it kind of has like a little bit of like maybe she was destined to kill this clown. Maybe her f- father thought ahead to leave this weapon for her. Maybe her father had like a dream that she was the one that was a, the only one that was able to potentially defeat this clown or to fight it. Cause the clown pretty much lays waste to anybody else and, and everybody else has a hard time defeating him. So because of like that dream, like element, that nightmare fuel, that surreal quality, uh, I think that's what, that's what makes this movie, at least if it's got that surreal element to it, and it's not grounded that much in reality, it at least takes that edge off of that extreme gore, even though still that extreme gore is going to freak a lot of people out. It's going to traumatize a lot of people and also inspire strongly worded letters of protest from parental groups. So this is interesting. I found this article in Variety. I'm like, how the hell? How did this movie... Like how did it, number one, how did it get into theaters and how is it making money? I think there's a real hunger. This is my speculation. There's a real hunger for indie movies, something that people haven't seen before. And it's got instant marketing because not only, okay, so this clown is super creep. When I've watched the All Hallows Eve that the clown showed up in, which is an anthology movie, the clown showed up in the first place and then the first Terrifier, clown would not leave my head. He was creepy. He was creepier than any other clowns. So number one, it's pretty easy to market a clown because they're instantly creepy. And then you got Pennywise, uh, so that he's already become kind of like a major franchise villain. Now, Art the Clown in this series has already become a franchise villain as well, too. And, and you know, who knows how long he's going to stay around for, but he'll stay in people's heads for a long time. But there's just something about him that's extra creepy. And not only is he a clown, but he doesn't talk. So he's like a mime slash clown combo, which makes it five times as creepy as a regular clown. And like the first movie, anytime that something like the clown's doing something kind of comical and you start to laugh, 
then he just totally goes psycho and takes somebody apart, like piece by piece. And then you stop laughing pretty quick after that. Let's delve into this Variety article about how this little indie movie they could got in the theaters and made so much money. The title of this Variety article is How Terrifier 2, an obscure micro-budget horror film, became this year's unlikeliest box office success. Have you heard of the movie that's so disturbingly stomach-churning, so horrifyingly gruesome, it's allegedly causing some audience members to vomit, faint, and even get carried out of movie theaters? That very question, this movie, by the way, is Terrifier 2, is inspiring horror fiends and skeptics to go to their local cinemas in droves to access the hype for themselves. The ultra-gory micro-budget slasher film has overcome relative obscurity to defy the odds and emerge as one of the unlikeliest box office successes of the season. Terrifier 2, and no, you don't need to watch the original movie first, has landed in the top 10 in recent weeks on its path to generating a scary good $7.73 million in domestic ticket sales. Now, this was a while back that I read this article. This is on October 31st. So on stuff I've read more recently, it surpassed the $8 million point. It's already achieved those returns without a major movie star on their marquee and hardly any promotion. This is where word of mouth becomes more important than any paid advertisement, says Jeff Bach, an analyst with Exhibitor Relations. When the target audience hears vomit Orama, that's worth the price of admission. Its breakout success is perhaps the most shocking to its backers, Bloody Disgusting and Cynodyme, as well as Iconic Releasing, which is distributing the film. Since Terrifier 2 is not rated by the Motion Picture Association, distribution executives struggled to convince theater operators to free up auditoriums in the first place. With that challenge in mind, the movie was initially intended to take the screen for only three nights. This has taken us all by surprise, says Devin Canefield, the VP of Sales and Distribution at Iconic Releasing. In its opening weekend, Terrifier 2 grossed 825000 from 886 cinemas. From there, something unusual happened. For virtually any movie that's ever been released in theaters, ticket sales generally decline in subsequent weeks. Even mainstays like Avatar and Top Gun Maverick experienced a dip after debuting on the big screen. But so far, Terrifier 2, which follows a horrifying killer called Art the Clown, has managed to do the opposite, all while punching up against major studio horror films like Halloween Ends, Smile, and Barbarian. It has caught fire in a way you don't see for a movie that's not from a major studio, says Paul Dergara Bedian, a senior comm score analyst. Though its theater count was slashed to 700 in a sophomore outing, the film earned even more than the weekend prior, bringing back $850,000 between Friday and Saturday. At that point, Terrifier 2 had grossed $2.29 million in total. We dropped to 700 screens in our second weekend, and we continue to increase our gross, Camfield says. That doesn't happen when you lose locations. By then, Buzz began to build and Terrifier 2 generated $1.9 million in its third frame while expanding to 755 locations. And now in its fourth weekend on the big screen, ticket sales have continued to rise by 4% as the movie amassed $1.8 million from 1,550 screens, marking its wildest footprint to date. With nearly $8 million in the bank, Box office watchers predict hitting $10 million in ticket sales is within reach. This week-to-week increase is in- extraordinarily rare, says Derek Arbedian. It's like a Sasquatch finding. It's not putting up the same numbers as higher-profile horror stories like Halloween Ends, $60 million, Smile, $92 million, or Barbarian, $40 million, but it doesn't need to. Terrifier 2 was crowdfunded and made for $250,000. What's more notable about Terrifier 2 landing at the number 8 spot over the weekend it's only playing in most theaters for one to two showtimes per day. By comparison, Tar, another lengthy movie with a runtime that's close to two hours and 30 minutes, 
is playing at least four times per day. That film, a likely award season contender, came in 11th place while playing in 1,087 cinemas over the weekend. Almost every showtime is near capacity, Canfield says. Theaters have had to switch it to larger houses. Box office watchers point out that there are just as many factors working against Terrifier 2. It's over two hours long, and there are plenty of other horror movies in theaters right now, as there are working for it. Scary movies rarely miss the box office, and the marketplace is emptier with 45.5%. Fewer releases this fall compared to the same period in 2019, according to Comscore. But the triumphant ticket sales point to one truth. Horror audiences are out there more than ever, Box says. It's hot as Hades. The sequel's box office success is also impressive because the original Terrifier did not originally have a theatrical run when it came out in 2016 for a briefly played and limited release in 2018. It only screened in five theaters and took in about $2,500. For this one, we knew there was a strong following online and we wanted to give it as much chance as possible to make a theatrical splash and reward the fans, Canfield says. Uh, so this is, I mean, the article goes on a little bit longer, but... I mean, it's it's a, this is an indie success story. It's partly probably they're doing something that hasn't been seen in mainstream theaters before, uh, at least in the U.S., unless you're like going to like this has like a midnight screening uh, vibe to it. Like if they're watching those like crazy Italian horror movies or the other uh, extreme horror movies in theaters when you go and see a midnight screen. But this is playing in like AMCs and like mainstream theater chains. So that to me is what's really distinguishing about it. And it's micro budget. And it's like, I think over two hours and 15 minutes long. There's so many things, sort of like the article says that was counting against it, but strong word of mouth, strong uh, audience buildup from the anthology where Art the Clown first appeared in, in All Hallows' Eve, and then Terrifier 1, the crowdfunding campaign, just building a massive momentum, but like a really cool blueprint to see for the power. And, you know, they always say, like, once every 10 years, something like this comes along, like a micro-budget movie that does really well in the theaters. You know, you had, years ago, you had uh, Paranormal Activity, and then before that, you had Blair Witch. This is the same sort of phenomena that's happening here with this one. Except, to me, even more surprising because of the extreme gore in this movie. So, well, I guess, in conclusion, if Hollywood doesn't want movies like this to compete with it, especially movies that are made on a much lower budget, Hollywood probably needs to start making more unique stuff. (laughs) Or that will give people something that they don't normally see at the theater. So I think taking chances is one of those things where it's like it's like gambling is you could either win big or or lose big but you know especially for like we're seeing even more and more like the rise of indie movies now especially indie horror movies people crave something different people crave like a different experience especially at the theater and uh, I don't know if like somebody tries to like kind of copycat this like where maybe this is like one of those lightning in a bottle things it'll be interesting to see if other movies that sort of try and follow this model Will work, but I think it's. I don't think this movie would have done so well if it didn't have the following built up before it. I don't think anybody could just do a copycat movie of this, throw it out of this theater, and expect to have like a big following or, or to catch on like this one did. But, anyways, it sort of blew me away with how well this movie did, with how gory it was, and and how micro budget it was. So, the little indie horror movie that could, and at the end of the day, probably less terrifying than Ticket to Paradise. Well, that's it for this week, and. Even though I dig the success of this indie horror movie, um, that clown pretty much creeped me out. So I don't want to see any clown movies for a while after this. But 
That also means that it did its job, and it did its job right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay on the roads. Stay clear of the moors.